Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in our world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us over the airwaves is Simon Dalglish. How are you doing, Simon? Oh, very well. Very well, I'm happy to say. Very good. Uh, so Simon is the Group Commercial Director for ITV. He left school to go straight into the army, after which he worked in Venezuela, Australia and America. Then in 1991, he came back to the UK to work for the newly bought and refurbished Daily Telegraph. Having managed the launch of the Saturday magazine in 1995, he decided to set up his own publishing company and in 1998 sold that to Tony O'Reilly's independent magazines. Simon then joined the fledgling Classic FM and within four years it had grown to the biggest commercial radio station in the UK and the most profitable. In 2005, Classic FM and its parent company, GWR, merged with Capital Radio and Simon became the group commercial director. On the sale of GCAP Media to Global, Simon left and joined the early social media revolution working for MySpace as commercial director. Simon then joined ITV in January 2011 as com- group commercial sales director. Not only has he done all of that, but in his free time he's rode across the Irish Sea and walked to the site the South Pole unsupported on both trips and he's also led an expedition to the North Pole with four wounded soldiers and His Royal Highness the Prince Harry. Simon completed his second South Pole challenge in December 2013 for Walking with the Wounded, a charity which he founded and he has raised nearly three million pounds for various charities. So um, Simon let's talk about the army. So what did you learn from your time in the army outside of the classic you know discipline equals freedom mentality? Yes, uh, uh, it's a long time ago now, um, I'm sad to say, but um, the, 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 at the centre of the army, regardless of all the hardware that you have to uh, uh, use and play play with, is people. And um, from that respect, it directly refle- reflects into our business. Um, and the first thing you have to do, well, the first thing in the army, the thing that makes it function so well is the esprit de corps, the, the, the unwritten community that binds it together um, and uh, lots of people view the army as you bark an order and someone does something and to an extent that's true but it's how well they do it and uh, the first thing you do is you go in as a young subaltern in the army is you everybody thinks you're an absolute idiot because you've just walked in you're the youngest person there and you're given authority and to an extent you are an idiot so the first thing you have to do is is earn their respect and I think that's the thing that I've tried to carry through to all the teams, the many different teams I've taken over and run, is the first thing I want to do is gain their respect. And I think once you've got that, uh, then people not only will do the jobs and the tasks you ask them to do, but they'll do them well because they like you and, and they want to do them well for you and indeed install a sense of spirit and pride in what you do. So I think... That is the really the key relationship between the army and and civilian life. Um, uh, um, uh, um, you know, the, the the army really does help bring that ability to bond people together that is taught to you. I suppose that's in in a sense that's just purely leadership. And I guess esprit de corps is particularly relevant at this time. Yeah, it's really it's really, really interesting. The thing I found so touching. Uh, um, in this time, I was just talking to the the team now. Is that, uh, and I, I like to think we ITV have a very strong esprit de corps. Is that the way everybody's combined? Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, you know, somebody set up yoga lessons in the morning at eight thirty. By the way, I don't take part in those. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, uh, yoga lessons. Then they've got lots of little WhatsApp groups, and then you've got bigger WhatsApp groups, and then you've got um, community hangouts, and all the things that link communities together have, uh, have really helped us through this period, holding the team together, because we're all, when we go home, in very different situations. You know, um, some people might be single, living alone in a flat, someone mm. might have two young children, some might have no children, and they're all very different, and we're living those different environments in a work, uh, in a work, and load on top of that is the extraordinary situation. So, uh, yeah, look, the Esprit de Corps is just absolutely vital to keep us all sane. Um, now, you've had an, uh, perhaps a, an, an unusually broad range of media that you've been kind of championing, um, verticals and, and different channels. How how has that contributed to the, the 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 you that you have today? What what did you learn from all of them, and and how important was it? Do you think to have that mix to um to to your success? Yeah, it, it's a very interesting question. Look, I, I didn't set out. I've never really had a career plan. I haven't said I'm going to do this and then do that. Um, it just sort of happened, uh, which probably isn't a very good way for things to do. But that's how it has been. Uh, and so some careers just work out like that, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. You're absolutely right. And look, I've been very fortunate from that. Um, and I, I think um, it, it's about diversity. And diversity, I, I always slightly worry. We talk a lot about diversity from colour, race, sexual orientation, and, and that's fantastic, and it's as it should be. But what we mustn't forget is diversity comes from experiences, and diversity comes from from what you think and what you feel, and the things that make you think and feel uh, as a person are your experiences. And therefore, I think the wider your experiences, the more you're able to, um, uh, uh, the more you're able to see situations um, and be able to help, not predict their outcome, but help manage their outcome. Uh, so the more experience you've got, the more varied that experience, the more able you are, I think, to be able to look after Situations such as there, there is now, I mean, you know, the, the, I always re, I try to relate where we are now to my team. I was just talking to them. The first time I, I walked to South Pole in 2005 on the first occasion, there was a guy called Jeff Summers took us there. Very nice guy. Sadly, I think he's no longer around, but he was the first guy to walk across Antarctica. And he, um, when we got to South Pole, he stopped us and he said, you now share something that nobody else shares. Uh, and he said that it will bond you as a team forevermore. So, and it doesn't matter whether you're together or whether you're apart, it will always bond you. So if you're walking down the street and you see each other, you don't need to say anything. You don't need to even nod. You know that they know that you know you did this. And the same is true for what we're going through at the moment. When our teams you know, which they will do, move on in two or three years' time, they go to different jobs. Whenever they meet the team they were together with during this COVID crisis, they will remember that it was them all together in the same room. Uh, well, same room, metaphorically, in the same situation. Yes, <laughs> very separate rooms, in fact, yeah. Yes, but metaphorically in the same situation. And I think that's the most fantastic bonding thing. And I think what we hopefully what we'll do is we come out of this situation is we much more bonded than we've ever been and uh, as teams and i hope as an industry as well uh, um, and so you know look, 
I think there's a there's a silver lining to where we are. It's difficult to see at the moment, but there is one. Yeah, I think we see that in in. I've I've always thought that you know the, the easiest way to bring a team together is to put them through something difficult, right? And I think the um, you see that in pitches often. You pitch teams often bring that bond together really closely and I think weirdly almost the pitches that you lose may bring you even closer together because at least there's a hard full stop on it you know and you can go we went through that rather than we're still going through it you know so yeah that's interesting um, on your point about the industry um, ITV is a massive part of everything that we're going through so how do you see it changing as a result of the COVID-19 situation apart from shutting down productions apart from shutting down productions yes. the obvious oh my god um well, I think we're going to go through several stages. So the, we, we've been shut down for just short of three weeks, really. Well, since we were sent home on that Tuesday. Uh, so the first stage is the sort of kick, scramble, uh, panic stage, sorting out well, how's this going to work and uh, clients changing needs. Uh, and that's, that's that initial stage of resetting the environment is really now coming to a close. So we now come to the stage, right, what are we going to do? We don't know how long we're going to be in it, but probably till June. So we've got eight, nine, maybe 12 weeks of this. So what are we going to do? Uh, and uh, that is two roles. Right? What can we offer clients? What do they need? And that's very, very varied. Um, I mean, the, the only uniting thing is everybody's got no money. So how do we make everything stretch a bit further? Um, so, but then you have to delve down into the different needs of different clients uh, and go that forward. With regards to ITV, it's, it's a really, uh, I, I would be very interesting to see what does come out of this. Obviously, our viewing figures have gone skyrocketed and we launched BGT, Britain's Got Talent, this weekend, and that will again be absolutely huge. Go on, guess, guesstimate, guesstimate, figure hmm. for me. Well, I don't know, normally I'll do uh, between seven and nine, depending on the yeah. weather, but. Um, I'm not, I'm not really uh, 11 nice weather but everyone's on lockdown yeah 11 12 and also the thing is it's a good it's a good feeling show it's a happy yeah. show yeah. uh it was recorded before coronavirus so all the, thankfully. This, thankfully yeah well, we couldn't have done it but yeah. um and it lifts everybody up and deck hosting yeah. it it's there yeah. for it. and um yeah look i think it'd do really well so i think itv's role in this is to entertain the nation as much as they possibly can and also to put out positive stories. You know, I, I think BGT is a positive story, obviously, because it's a bit of entertainment, but what we're trying to do, and you'll see it in the news at the moment, is we're always trying to end on a good story. Yeah, Something God we good, need it, yeah. Good God we need it, because I'll tell you what, if you watch the news now, and that's all you say, well, you know. It's gonna drive you mad, right? So we must have uplifting stories. And um, I think advertisers, are going to tap into that going forward. They're already starting to show, you know, use UCG to tell the message of the people how individuals are fighting this. It was a lovely picture I saw the other day of an, <laughs> an 84-year-old man. It was on one of our news programmes. Uh, and he had come through, he still had a mask on, giving him oxygen, he'd come for coronavirus, and he was punching the air. That, that lifts you up, doesn't it? Gives you, gives us all... You need some of that. Yeah. But we need some of that. I think that's ITV's role in this. And um, uh, <laughs> what happens after? I've no idea. I think that's anyone's guess. But for the moment, I hope we're going to lift the nation and give them something to smile about um, uh, amongst all the sort of doom and gloom. I, I, you know, that's what we want to do anyway. Now, 
you've been known to have some big challenges out of work. Now, I, I should say here that Andrew is um, does does Iron Man. Um, obviously, yeah, a lot a lot of people who are listening normally probably not doing it now, but kind of take on kind of marathons and and you know swimathons and sprintathons and everything. Um, next to you and what you've done, Simon, all of that looks like a walk in the park, literally. So. Tell us a bit about the very big challenges that you've taken on and, and how important that has been to, to you and um, your life. Um, well, I think the first thing to say is I, I never really, I, I've never set out to do big challenges. That was never, honest, honestly, uh, with you soon, Andrew, my, my goal was to eat pizza, drink beer and watch telly. That <laughs> was uh, my, my lifetime goal. Uh, and then um, uh, my youngest son, Felix, was born uh, with cerebral palsy, brain damage, and uh, and he's a very uh, he's he's fine now. He's a very bright lad. In fact, he's somewhere around here. But he's a very very bright lad. He's very he's going to university to do philosophy. Very great, very intelligent boy. But he is quadriplegic. And uh, when he was born and diagnosed with cere uh, severe cerebral palsy, we didn't know what the outcome would be. And I think when you go, you're faced with that sort of thing. You ask this sort of awful question, which is why? And, and there is no answer to why, because it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to find some sort of outlet to be positive, to get rid of the why, otherwise you're going to sort of spiral and decline. And mine was, uh, at that time, to, to row across the RFC to raise money to make sure, because Felix was born premature, to make sure that we, we, we stopped other babies being born premature, we had more Felixes, if you like. Um, and uh, when, we, when we actually achieved, we got to the other side, I suddenly realised that actually I could do more than I thought I could do. I suddenly realised, God, I can do this shit. <laughs> oh, wow, you know, this is great. And then I, you know, set ourselves tasks task to walk to the South Pole in 2005, following Scott's route, using exactly the same equipment that he used, so following in his footsteps. And we were the first people to do that. We, we got there and thought, wow, that's amazing. And then, then it's a drug. Uh, and yeah. Andrew will probably know this. It then becomes a drug. You have to do the next one and the next one and the next one. And um, uh, it culminated really, well, not culminated, I'm sure it's something else, but last summer, um, Felix has said he's quadruplete, so his legs really don't work. His left arm doesn't work brilliantly well. Uh, um, he said he wanted to do a challenge. So I, I said, well, look, do you think you can row? And he said, I don't know. So we went down to the Olympic Centre in, um, in um, the Docklands and we had a coach and they taught Felix to row. And so Felix, I, his brother, and a mate of mine with one leg, rowed the same journey I did when Felix was diagnosed across the Irish oh, Sea. Yeah. And that was, that was quite a nice way to, to finish it. It's circle. Yeah. In terms of what does it mean for work, well, first of all, I'd love to thank everybody who's ever employed me for giving me the very long time I've had off to be able to do these things. I mean, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is you can, the extreme situations, extreme cold, extreme tiredness or whatever, don't really relate to everyday work. But the experience and the knowledge of human characteristics do, uh, both inward, I yourself, me as a person. So I mean, resilience, you mean? Well, resilience to an extent, but also, you know, sometimes, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but, but you know, sometimes you realise, God, I'm a right wanker, don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when you put in extreme circumstances, it emphasises all your bits that are really bad. 
and yeah. you recognise them. Yeah. And so when it comes to the work environment, you can recognise them very quickly and go, no, wrong, don't do that. Uh, and uh, so I, it makes I, you a better man as well. In well, that sense, I, I, I don't know. It'd be up to other people to judge that. But uh, I, I, maybe I would, we'll ask them to. Maybe we'll ask them to email in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them. Yeah. Uh, no, I hate the guys. An absolute idiot. Um, but um, I don't know if it makes you a better person, but it certainly makes you recognise yourself more and your frailty. Uh, 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 and I think that's got to be a good thing. And I don't know how much people know about your. Um, the television um, uh, documentaries that you've been involved in, because you've stayed very, very modest about them. But if people want to, they can probably find them somewhere online. And yes, there's, there's three. Uh, uh, there's three in a, a radio documentary um, we wrote. Uh, yeah, the the, BB, the BBC did uh, um, Harry's North Pole Heroes. Then we did Everest, uh, and then Harry's South Pole Heroes. You could probably get them on, on online either on the BBC or on ITV Hub, uh, Hub Plus, because I can go back. Um, and then there's the Everest one, uh, which was on ITV. Uh, and then, actually, you won't be able to now get the radio broadcast. That was my favourite. That was on the old GMG, Sue, if you ever remember, the, uh, uh, GM, uh, Guardian uh, radio. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was rather fun. But, I mean, you know, to anyone that hasn't seen them, they're, they're both inspiring and um, or just extraordinary. I mean, you know, make me very glad to to be sitting on my sofa <laughs> rather than in a tent with Simon. But that... Well, that's a big point. You don't want to be in a tent with me. I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm awful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Looking back, I mean, we've been reminiscing a little bit. Looking back, if you could have your time again to the, your first job, what would you do differently? Oh, geez, my first job. Uh, well, after the army, my first job, the very few people remember this, was at Express uh, in Fleet Street before they closed it down. Um, so that oh, was a well, I remember. And I, and I know who you work for as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a baptism of fire. Um, yes, two of the, we say, what it, what, I know, I'll be, I'll be, I won't be nasty, but two very strong people, shall we say. Very, very strong, very outstanding personalities, yeah. Very outstanding stroke. I was shit scared of them, absolutely terrified of them. But uh, would I have done anything differently? No, I think I've been very lucky. I, I think I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky. Um, I think probably I didn't realise that I could do the things I could do until I was confronted with, uh, you know, a really significant um, issue in my life. Uh, and I, I think probably I wish I hadn't been so lazy when I was young. It's an old phrase which I actually hate, which is, youth is wasted on the young i absolutely yeah. hate it. it's not it's not true but there, there is a certain element of when you're young everything's so easy isn't it and, <laughs> and you, you know you, you kind of forget uh, that that is the time to really make things happen you know uh, to be honest most of my early career was spent uh working during the day and in pubs at night uh, perhaps if i'd spent a little bit more time be a bit more studious i would have i would have done better but you know You've that, done all right. You've done okay. Right. But on that note, what's what's next for you? Uh, uh, what in work or outside work? Both. I'd like to in know work. both. And now, obviously, what's immediately next for you is probably your biggest journey is to your kitchen, right? At the moment, which must for you must be extraordinary. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. Do you know what, Sue? I, I, I've got to say, I, I'm going to be very honest with the team. I hate this. I really hate it. I, I hate it because I love people, and 
I'm not connected to people. And, um, and one of the things that I found very difficult uh, is not being able to, uh, this, this has, I say touch them, not in a physical sense, but, you know, look at them and understand them and talk to them and, and be part of a team that is very physical. Um, so I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So I don't know what's next. We, we, we walk over the wounded. I didn't go on it, but we, we failed. <laughs> My wife's not in the room, so I'll say this, and she's never going to watch this, but um, uh, we failed to climb Everest uh, some, mm, uh, was it, eight or nine years ago. Uh, we got quite close to the top, we failed. I would love to get to the top of Everest, I think. I think that would be my next goal. Uh, outside work. Inside work, I guess the next goal is putting it back together again and what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, um, I, think, I, I think this period of, of time is teaching us an enormous loss in a very short period, but let's not remember this is, these are extreme moments mm -hmm. and applying ex the, the learnings from extreme moments back to the reality sometimes can have a misinterpretation. So I think we need to be careful of that. Um, uh, but I think putting ITV back together when we, when that happens is our next big challenge. Mm -hmm. That would be your big challenge. It'd be everyone's big challenge. And what let's hope it's soon. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, 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 no. Oh, God, I hope so. I hope so, yes. Just, just two small things that you want to do there, Simon, to climb Everest and rebuild ITV. <laughs> um, <laughs> on to our regular questions now. Uh, what is your favourite line from a poem, a song, or a book? I don't know. I love Eeyore. <laughs> so yeah. I love Eeyore. I, think, I wouldn't have had you down as an Eeyore character, you know? You would have thought more Tigger. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, but Tigger yeah, yeah. didn't have many good quotes, did he, really? He, he all had all the rather good ones. Well, actually, Pooh had a few good ones. Yeah. I guess that the quote, uh, when I went to South first time, as I say, we, went, we, we followed Scott's journey. He was exactly the same kid as him. Uh, I lived his life traveling around the world, building exactly the same kit from the gabardine that was made by Burberry to the stitching to meeting people who could make uh, skis out of single pieces of wood. And it was fascinating. I, I lived his life, not his life, but, you know, lived his final journey. And, and, and we, we carried on to the moment of his of his death. Um, and uh, he had he was a very Victorian explorer and he had a, had a line which I rather like. Uh, he said, it's the work that matters and not the applause afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think that's really true. Uh, I, I think we all seek applause and I think that's fine. But isn't it great when you do something and nobody knows? Mm. And it's good. Yeah. I love that. Sue told me that. Sorry, Sue. Sue, I, I was a, a glutton for uh, for praise a few years ago, and Sue told me he was. it's not about the paint on the car, it's about the engine underneath. So, uh, yeah, yeah. familiar. Simon, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you back from Everest or the, or the North Pole, South Pole, wherever you are? <laughs> uh, the first thing is my wife's um, chili con carne. <laughs> Simon, I'm going to have to interrupt you. It has to be commonly available, so we all have to be able to get it to, to oh, summon. Okay. So we can have a chili con carne. Yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, well, no, then that would be an English breakfast. Right, cool. Good. I think it would be an English breakfast. That would be lovely. Um, all of it with black, black, your black pudding. Black pudding, yeah, yeah full, full Monty. I mean, full Monty. Fried bread or toast. Full, 
or... fried bread. Well, fried this bread. is the big debate, isn't it? Hash brown. What's what's your carb? What's your beige carb? Fried and I have to ask, brown sauce or red sauce? Oh, or no sauce at all. Or no sauce at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's Tomato, Heinz, ketchup, yum, yum. Uh, that without doubt. Um, I think um, uh, uh, that's something that Scotch diaries do, because I think, uh, you know, I'm not asking anybody to read them. They're quite a lengthy read. Um, but they summon up the character of a man who was utterly selfless. Uh, and I think uh, I would love to be like him, probably alive, obviously. Um, um, yes, yes, indeed. Um, I think, uh, oh, so we have to do five, do we? Pair uh, sunglasses, because I love the sun. Just love the sun. It just makes you happy. Uh, uh, and, and can I probe, aviator style or? Uh... Uh, yeah, these are Purcell's sort of 1960s style. They don't suit me, as my wife tells me, but I love them. <laughs> so uh, that would be uh, that. Um, I think uh, you know, music. Music to me is is is, a, is an absolute you know godsend. I love music, and it reflects the person, the mood, the moment, the your surroundings. I think it's. Well, a... is, is that too general, Andrew? Or should we? Yeah, how are we gonna? Go? What what object am I gonna get? It could be a record, okay, so, sorry, well, uh, iPod. Uh, my, my my iPhone without the phone. Yeah, so but I I think we need to, we need a band. We could get you the music of a band or a performer. Okay, okay. If I tell you a band, you can bleep it out if you want. Uh, it would probably be Aha. Oh no way! Fantastic answer. <laughs> yeah. Hungry as the wolf. You know, okay. the sun always shines on telly. These are great prophetic lines written yeah, by yeah, yeah. always finest. <laughs> okay, Aha's music. Good, and a fifth one. Your husband would wimp if I said a heart, a heart, wouldn't he? He would probably kill me. They, uh, they are pop music of a certain kind done yeah. to the next level, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and then, I, I guess, in the truest sense, my family. Uh, are you allowed to say Oh, no, it's not no. complicatable, but... Um, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Oil. Sorry? Oil, olive oil. Oh, olive oil. oil. Okay. Yeah. Get some good olive oil. That's a great oil. one. Good. Yeah, olive oil. Everything. Yum. Mm. Delicious. That you know the really one that when you when you actually take it neat, it goes go go. That's a bit strong. It, uh, it tastes like pepper. Love it. Mm. That's a great one. So, what three things in your house are giving you comfort? The these times? are these yeah. are the specific items we want to kind of mm. probe now. Obviously, uh, everyone's family is nice and. Well, yeah, probably me. We probably don't mean mean outside living living creatures. So. Oh, can I say we, my dog? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't give a doesn't give a damn. Just <laughs> delighted to have you around. Yeah. What what is it, Simon? Huh? What is it? He's over there asleep, lazy bug. I'll show you. Hang on. <laughs> we are being picked up, listeners, and walked through. Are we going to get a screenshot of the puppy oh, yeah, shop? Yeah, that's a good idea. Just just. Oh talk. yeah, what look at that. Dog is he? He's a he's a well he's a mongol. Don't listen, mongol. He's a cockapoo. There he is. All, everything is a something poo these days. Yes. <laughs> so my dog, because my dog doesn't give a stuff. No. He really doesn't give a stuff, does he? You know, he, he, he you know, coronavirus, whatever. Give me a walk. Yeah. Uh, you know, what are you doing? Where's my supper? So I rather like him. Um, uh, I think uh, again, uh, headphones, music, music, yeah. music gets you through. Uh, gets you through, and uh, it's a bit more restricted. 
although we're now working indoors, but exercise. I'm sure Andrew will concur here. Oh, God. If I don't have a, a, if I don't get those, I don't know what they are. Endorphins. Endorphins, yeah. I tend to find myself staring at the floor and my toes and thinking life's not as good as it should be. So exercise is the other thing. Okay. Um, this is one of our standard questions, but I dare say it's going to get quite a specific answer at the moment, which is, if you could change the industry in one way right now, what would it be? Put it back together. Put it back together. Yeah, yeah put it back together. Uh, I, 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 yeah, uh, what would I change? Well, obviously, change the industry. Do you know, I, I, I think I, if I was the, taking COVID and all the rest of it at the moment out of it, yeah. Uh, I want us to be more accepting of opinions that don't chime with our point of view. Yep. Uh, and I think, and it doesn't matter whether they're Nigel Farage or Jeremy Corbyn. You, we, I think sometimes we're very quick to close down people who don't view things the same as us. So that, that's a political reference, but you, I'm just trying to give that as an example. Uh, and I think we've got to be a lot more accepting, even if we don't like what we hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were to give you a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? Uh, well, my dad was a great poster man. Uh, and uh, uh, and he, he, above his desk, I've got it here above my desk now, he did a, a set of three posters called Long Live the Insane Art Director. Um, uh, and there were three of the most brilliant posters because he was he was um, you know, he was very well he was, anyway he, matter, he was very big in the poster industry going back before anybody had listened to this was around. Uh, what would I put on it? Um, I just put I don't know something trite like like <laughs> smile or um, I don't know don't look backwards look forwards I don't know something like that. Um, uh, I can't think of something that'd be really inspiring, but um, I think it'd be something about, you know, like it is. Life is what you make of it. You know, go out and grab it because the opportunity is there for everyone. That's a very long poster, um, but it'd be something around that. Something around, you know, just. To, so many, so many ad slogans, but you know, Nike, just do it. I've always rather loved that. I've always thought that's a good, that's a very good um, phrase uh, because, you know, as I discovered uh, when we rode across the Irish Sea and people said you can't do it because the tide's too great and the waves too big and all that sort of thing. Um, to be honest, we were totally naive when we climbed the boat and we just did it. Mm. And we got to the other side and we went, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we didn't know if we could do it, we were just doing it. And so I think there's a lot of there's a lot in uh, naivety and just doing things. Uh, Simon, the, the one question you cannot prepare for is we usually have a box from the School of Life, but um, they are still in the office. So we've got Proust's questionnaire. So if you could give me a number between one and 32, I will give you the question. So if you could answer it to finish us off, please. 29. 29 is, what are your favourite names? <laughs> I wanted to call my youngest son Digby. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It's always a Digby Dalgleish is very distinguished. Yeah. Yes, that's what I thought too. But anyway, it's a no. But Digby, I love the name Digby. That's so right. Thank you. Simon, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. Good to see you. Thank you, guys. Well, look, have a, a keep safe. Stay safe. Yeah, yeah. You too. Stay safe. Stay well. I'll see you the other side. All right. Brilliant, Simon. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.